0: from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. And today I am joined by Sarah Birchall, the founder of the beautiful individual clothing brand, Cub and Pudding. Thank you very much for joining me today, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the nitty gritty, and I've got a lot of questions for you, can you talk about your background and how you started, how the brand came about?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, in my previous life, I was a PA in the city in London and I looked after the head of a bank. So it's really, really corporate. Um, I've been there 10 years um, and essentially, I was just really bored of my life there after I came out for my second maternity leave. It sort of hit me. Um, and it all came down to really having two kids, boy and a girl, and getting quite frustrated when my eldest, who was about three at the time, um, passed that toddler age, that kind of cute baby age where there's so much out there in terms of offering for clothing. And I just found it really frustrating that everything became very diggers and dinosaurs and navy mm-hmm. and brown. And I I just wanted to dress in with a bit more individualism and found it hard to find what I wanted, what I could visualize. So it started off with a really loose conversation with a friend in a pub actually, um, about how frustrated I was trying to find the right clothing. And she was working, she actually worked for H&M at the time and said, why don't you just do it yourself? And it kind of was a joke at birth, but then the more it stayed in my head, the more I thought, well, why Why don't I? Life's really short. So that's essentially the seed of how Cup and Pudding was born in my head um, with no experience with anything at the time. <laughs>
0: And did it didn't go from right? I'm going to leave the job and start it, or did you start it at the side while you were still working?
1: I started at the side. I think that was the luxury, and you know, depending on how people are feeling about starting their own business, I was in a full time job, five days a week, nine to five, um, and there was no time limit. So much as I was kind of frustrated and bored being there, it, I had the luxury of just taking my time. So I started kind of going to the British Library and doing some research there. Started looking, obviously, at other brands online and building up a bit of an idea, um, finding a factory. And I found a coach that was quite integral at the beginning. Um, Mm And I think without her, it probably would have been quite hard because she kind of really helped kind of bottle down exactly what I could be doing in myself as well. Um, Because obviously so much of that came down to having the confidence to know I could do it and give it a try. Um, So I think essentially probably from the idea first popping into my head, I launched about 18 months later, probably just under that, but I was still working full time at the time. So it was probably, you know, a bit of a side hustle um, in the evenings and weekends, yeah. but I probably wasn't taking it as seriously as I thought I could. Um, but within the year, um, I'd hand in my notice and um, the following January 2020, I went full-time in the business.
0: It's quite scary that, isn't it, when you when you do take that leap? And I but I think that you're right in terms of you have to have that mindset that it's going to succeed. Yeah and also it's you know you you regret what you don't do rather than what you do do
1: exactly i'm i'm a really big believer in that that's just the sort of person i am anyway and um, it's some people would call it risk taking but i just i didn't want to look back and think what if and for me you know at the end of the day if it failed or it does fail i can go back like that's a job i've did for a long time i know i've got the skills but i just needed to give it a go i'm a creative person and what i was doing essentially from the huge portion of my life, nine till five, Monday to Friday, was not creative whatsoever. And it was really frustrating for me. And I also felt that if I didn't give myself full time to the business, I would never know if it was if it would succeed. Yeah. I think doing it, I eventually dropped down to four days a week, which was a huge thing for me. I'd never worked part time salary. I didn't know if I yeah. could pay the bills on that, but it didn't feel enough. It felt like I was just, you know, sort of Still playing. Yeah, exactly. Playing at this business. And how would I possibly know if it would work if I only did? One day a week to it, and um, that wasn't enough. So, I just it was quite spur of the moment. I was on three months' notice, and just pretty much decided just to leave and give it a go. Also, coincided with me getting a new boss and. But yeah,
0: now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> Sometimes these are sent as signs for exactly day. you need to do it and you need to do it now. Yeah. And um so talking to kind of those first 30 days, what do you um what did you most struggle with when you were starting out and how did you overcome it?
1: I think it was just a matter of the fact that I didn't know anything about the industry. I didn't know anything about fashion. And the production business, I'm still today bamboozled by so much to do with production. And there's there's so many different parts and processes to it. And trying to master that while also, you know, learning to run a business and market it, I think I was, you know struggling to understand it, I did a short course at the London College of Fashion which was really useful but looking back I did it about a year too early so I did it trying to be really keen and eager but I wasn't putting it into practice till so much yeah. later down the line by which time I'd forgotten a lot of it so I think like anything you you can do a course and then if you put it to one side for two years you kind of need to go and do it all over again um and it was, it was also probably finding the time because I was doing these itty-bitty, dipping in and out times on the business. I didn't feel like I'd really kind of get stuck in properly. It was quite frustrating. I'd be stopped starting things, having mm-hmm. a conversation with someone and then having to pick it up a day later because obviously I had to work. Um, yeah. So I think those are the biggest hurdles to start off with just being complete novice. in in everything
0: so you work with a factory in Portugal right how did you find that factory was that an easy process for you
1: no I found it really really hard I think from talking to people now that have small businesses and in clothing I think the majority of them coming come from a fashion or buying background so they've got those contacts already it's really hard going out there blind as a small business because obviously a lot of these factories primarily they don't want to touch you if you're saying can I can I make 50 100 units with you and that's just it's not worth their time they're not they're mm-hmm. not interested um so i i really struggled and it was just pure luck through my coach i was working with at the time she happened mm-hmm. to have another client who had a sportswear business and right. she said oh she's got a factory in portugal why don't i put you two together have a conversation and she introduced me to my agent so i have an agent out there who is kind of everything my eyes and ears and does yeah. everything for me um and then i you know i obviously flew out there to meet her but yeah, I, I've been really lucky because Touchwood, I've got a really great factory and a really nice relationship with them now. But without that, I'd actually, not, I don't even know. I think I would have just been endlessly trying to contact people and hoping somebody picked me up and and then not knowing, obviously, what, them, what the quality, et cetera, would have yeah. been like. So yeah, it was luck. It was
0: luck for sure. It's so crucial, though, getting that right supplier at the beginning yeah. and building that relationship as well and having that trust because you're you know it's your time it's your money your business oh, yeah. becomes your other baby you oh, know or, or or your soul baby if you don't have kids no, you know of course
1: and you know um like you said you put so much you put so much trust and financial trust as well into this and you yeah a the stories of something that can start off quite well in the business and I've had lots of tales of then people being sort of dropped by their factory when they realize that they're not really going to be a big enough customer so that's always was a worry but I now I feel like I've forged enough of for a relationship that we've got you know a really nice thing going and it's run by two women as well which I love as well so um yeah but um I'm aware and I get contacted quite a bit to ask about that and it's always a tricky one people hold it very close to their chest their fact yeah
0: and I think I, th- I think that because I heard that as well in terms of people are, you know, people ask um, oh, where, you know, where did you find your factory or can I have your factory details? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, your factory is right for you. You yes. you know, it's it may not be right for somebody else. And I mm-hmm. also think you learn a lot when you're going through that process, finding the factories. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's always, you know, you know, if people want to share who their factories are, then fair enough. But also if people don't, other people shouldn't be offended because that's it's Mm -hmm. it's a key part of their business. It's like, you know, it might be asking them what's their secret to their success or whatever. You know, it's a key part to their business and it might not be the right factory for you. And you will learn so much looking for factories, yes, that it's probably a process you should go through, yeah, exactly. for your business.
1: Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. Yeah, I've probably given it name out behind the scenes to a couple of people for you know personal reasons, and I know who they are. And, but yeah, it's quite a big ask. But like you said, I I think when you've gone through so much trying to find a factory, it's it almost feels like you know you're kind of giving away all that ah, energy, know. you know, for, for nothing. Okay, I spent two years trying to look for a factory. Here, here, here they are. And like you said, you know, mine mine are great, but they do primarily cotton, and you know, if you're doing any yeah. kind of fabric, they're they're not going to be able to make outerwear that they're not they don't specialise in that. So it really depends. But I think giving it a go first, you never you never know who can and it also gives you that opportunity to make friends and contacts along the way too, because yeah. by asking people or finding people, often it can lead to ABC. No, I yeah. don't know this factory, but I can put you in contact
0: with this person who might yeah. be able to, etc. So Or yeah. you find the agent and then they can do that kind of thing and be, you know, it's great yeah. having that kind of agent that's your eyes and ears in the yeah. ground. Yeah. What do you think have been the biggest milestones for you? So you've been working full-time on the business for two years.
1: Yeah, coming yeah. up with three now. Um, yeah, I guess, it's a hard one, Milestones, isn't it? Um, I think probably just finding, even the easiest thing would be, probably finding my first customers who weren't people that knew me. I mean, it's just these little things, silly yeah. things at the beginning where I had this bottle of champagne and so I'm you know, going to open this when I get my first customers who are not friends of family, you know, at the beginning, because nobody really knows I'm out there. And that's something I take for granted now, that all these customers coming in I've never met before. And yeah. I guess selling internationally, people finding me however they are, abroad and Australia and Europe has been something really remarkable. But in all honesty, I probably don't spend enough time standing back and actually appreciating those milestones. Um, Small things like being included in certain blogs and magazines have been a really nice achievement for me. Where somebody has recognized me for um, my designing, that's actually a really – really astounding for me and still kind of makes me go really um because I'm, i i still have a huge imposter syndrome about you know designing the prints and things so that that really felt really overwhelming for me but i don't think i do enough of it i as someone said you know i should be printing things out and writing on the wall and looking at them especially when you're having those moments where yeah days, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah but i suspect just
1: just keep still being here
0: <laughs> it's a mark <laughs> pain for me uh, yeah, intro keeping the lights on, you know, yeah, the for yeah. a lot of people is, yeah. is definitely my style. And you talk about those early days and, and people not knowing who you are. How did you raise awareness of the brand early on when you were starting out? How has it changed in terms of what you do now?
1: I've always been really, really present on Instagram. And that was kind of my happy place right at the beginning. Um, I didn't know what I was doing back then. So I've been really consistent right from the beginning. And I found, you know, a group of influencers that I befriended on there. And so I gifted. Quite a lot at the beginning of my children's wear, mostly in exchange for photographs. I found that really, really useful. Um, I don't even know necessarily if it led to sales. So much of back then, at least Instagram was a little bit easier. So it, it would often lead to more followers and, and things like competitions and giveaways years ago worked a little better than they do now. But definitely Instagram because I've just found it's been the easiest place for people to find me and market myself on there. Yeah. Um, I've I've seen you know direct correlation to myself and people finding me through just showing up and working with other people on there, whether it's doing Instagram lives with different brands and businesses. But I think gifting at the beginning was helpful, definitely. When you've got hardly any followers, you haven't got much of an online presence, but somebody yeah. else has got the right audience for you. That's obviously really important, is making sure they are the right person. Cause I've definitely gifted people who it fell short because actually looking back, it just wasn't the right audience. They weren't going to be the people he would be interested in. What I was selling, um, we might have similar interests as a, you know as people, but it, it wasn't right. I probably was over keen that somebody wanted to take my clothes and and share them. I uh, you know very overexcitable. I was at, probably at the beginning more willing to say yeah, take everything. You know, I was grateful yeah, yeah. for anything at the beginning, and I've got a lot lot more restrained and kind of
0: you know say no I'm now. Not but choosy, uh, yeah. so in terms, not choosy, but in terms of knowing, really knowing who's going to. What's going to com- What's going to convert and what's the right if, Yeah, know.
1: I'm a lot more precious about it now than I was at the beginning. But I think I you know I couldn't really afford to be back then. And I just needed to be seen by as many people as I could, and it made sense financially to gift an item for free. Um, wasn't I didn't pay anyone. I've never paid anyone. Um, and just I know you still it. not
0: doing that. Is it still gifted and stuff?
1: I'm always gifted. I yeah I have I have a my theory personally, and obviously it's different for everyone. Is I I wouldn't want to pay anyone because for me. Um, I would feel then potentially we're entering this sort of financial contract where it that's all it is a financial exchange, and I they're not necessarily interested in cup and pudding. They're just doing it because i paid them, and it's sort of they're going through this, the motions of being you know money exchanging between the two of us and. Obviously, you know, completely understand it's the way for people to make a business. And if people, you offer someone a gift and they say, no, that's that's completely up to them. I wholeheartedly understand. But when I contact people and say, you know, would you be interested? Have a look on the website. Is it anything that takes your fancy? I, I automatically can gauge then if they, if they like the brand, what they like. They've been online. They've seen what I've got. And they can pick what they like. And they're invested from that point onwards. Whereas I think when you start reach out to someone and say, I'm going to pay you can, you. can you wear something of mine? I feel it kind of just skews the, the sort of whole vibe of it for me, really. It doesn't feel authentic, essentially. Yeah. It doesn't feel authentic to me but, and the brand. And are you on TikTok yet? Oh, I am. I am. I really, I haven't found my groove with it at
0: all yet. I really... I <laughs> no, it's just... so funny. I ask people if they're on TikTok, a lot of product people, if they're on TikTok, and they all, so many of them go... oh <laughs> just like yeah, you know, they're like yeah, but I'm not doing anything really on it yet, or I've not found no. my feet, you know.
1: It just feels like a completely different mindset shift to Instagram. I know Instagram really cheeses people off, but TikTok, I've I found some things that work are completely different to what works on there, and it's just having the energy to spread between all of them. And I've got friends who've done really amazingly on there and gone viral for you know, an unpacking video or a drawing video and amazing for them. But I, yeah, I haven't nailed it. And because I think for me, I'm not a TikTok user. I genuinely like being on Instagram and looking at other people's feeds and, story that I just, I just really love it and interact with it, but I don't use TikTok. So for me, it's like, you know, trying to give my mum and dad, you know, some sort of piece of Bitcoin technology or something and ask to understand I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It just feels really, um, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't quite come to terms with it yet, but I, I know I should, and I'm not going to say no, but, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, I, in terms of the reach the the engagement and the, the potential, you know, it's, something. and like you say, it's a very different, it's a lot raw. It's a very different platform to, to what Instagram is. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just about finding what works for you, you know, consuming a little bit to understand what, you know, what's out there, what could work and then finding your own lane with it, you know, yeah. you know, what's your path that you're going to take with it. Yeah. Um, you, so you started off as a children's wear brand, but are now doing a lot more adult clothing. Talk me through that journey in terms of how that's happened or or why that's happened.
1: Yeah. So obviously, yeah, I started as unisex kids wear only, um, and it really started people asking me, people would contact me and say, would you, would you, are you going to be doing this in adult version too? You know, I'd love this in adult. And it sort of weirdly had never occurred to me. And I just started off doing the simplest thing, which is t-shirts. I think the summer, the first the year after I launched um, and they just did really well. And people like the idea of kind of twinning as it were quite loosely with their kids or friends, kids and things. Um, and it it really evolved from there. And it was really nice for me as well to be able to kind of get in on my own prints and patterns. And I had things that I wanted to do and thought that's actually was quite a good opportunity for me to kind of put that into practice. But um, I just found like it was almost like a whole new customer base opened up to me then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite nice also being able to talk to people who weren't parents or you know that didn't have children. It was I, I felt like maybe it gave me a wider scope to talk to people and not feel I had to sort of narrow it down to only people who would be interested in buying for the toddler. If really children are on their radar, which yeah don't. um So it evolved from there, and then it slowly began taking over. And essentially, you know, I found it harder because um there's so much fast fashion out there for kids, and kids are hard. Um, I know there is an audience out there but obviously kids are they're rough with their clothes and you know they grow fast and it I found that just adults are more willing to invest in themselves a lot of the time than yeah. their kids um it was all almost like they'd buy one of my items maybe for a, you know, a really precious kind of weekend outfit um and it wasn't enough to feel like it sustained the business based on it um so it's been at the back of my mind for a while. It's been a bit heartbreaking because primarily for my own children and I want them still to wear my designs and they're getting a little bit big now. Um, and never say never. I don't want to say goodbye to it completely, but it, it just, it became a natural evolution. People are asking for more and more adult items or can you do it in this color? Can you, and not really asking me about the kids wear. Right. And I also found that I began to find it quite tricky to ha- wear the two hats. So one day I'm talking about you know this is how yeah. you change the you know when a toddler went training and they potty training sorry and you've got to do the straps like this and then the next day you know this fabric in this and you can wear it when you're going out to the pub etc and it just found I was chopping and changing between the two marketing areas um, yeah. and being able to focus on one clear area of just adult wear has actually been a little bit of a relief albeit I'm still sad about it <laughs>
0: And so has, will from a certain date, it will there be no more kid, kids wear available or have you stopped designing it and doing it now?
1: I've stopped designing it now. So I have a, a little pile of stock left, which is hidden on my site somewhere. And I kind of do intermittent mentions of it on stories and people will buy on there. And I'll do something at Christmas, I think, as well, just to kind of push it. But I'm not designing anything new for kids right now. Um, not unless it's something I can get in ready to wear that I can then adapt and print myself. But it's just the minimums with Portugal and you have to invest a lot of money. And I just don't feel I've got the right, I just don't feel it's the right market for at the moment with my price point. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But for now, it's on pause.
0: And I, I think, you know, it's a key thing. You know, your customers requested it. You answered the request. Yeah. You saw how, it, you know, it was moving your business forward. And it's important to to flex, isn't it? I think in business. And, you know, you've got to see what the, the customer wants, what the numbers are telling you, you know, and not to be so stuck on. Right. OK, I only do this or this exactly. is what I do.
1: I was really resistant to the idea at first. It almost felt, it sounds silly, it almost felt like I was sort of cheating on my brand. You know, I started off very focused as a unisex kids wear and everything about my business is about unisex and how passionate I am and still am about it. And it felt like I was really kind of, you know, um, letting that go and really sort of cheating on it by saying, no, actually forget that. I'm going to go with adult wear. And yeah, it's it's probably been in my mind for about 18 months, slowly making peace with it. Um, They're thinking, I really think this is probably the end coming naturally here but yeah. not wanting to emit it out loud and not wanting to vocalize it because it felt really, yeah, it felt really sad.
0: Uh, you know, and it's not, an, it's an evolution, isn't it? It's just an yeah. evolution of what your brand is about, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and like you say, it's hard to wear those hats. And some people then are like, well, what, what do, what are you known for? Are you, what are you, what do, what am I coming to you for? You know? Yeah. And then I would imagine your email marketing would have been quite difficult to manage as well in terms of, you probably would have had two different sets.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that, that messaging there is right. And in fact, some of my coaches reminded me that I need to update some of that because it is still kind of a little bit between the two. But um, yeah, I did quite a few polls to sort of check like how, how many of you are buyers of both or one or the other, because obviously there was that worry that I would lose a huge chunk of my customers that maybe only shop kids wear. But it seemed that the, primarily everyone had bought kids wear, but then they gone on to buy adult wear and yeah. kind of just kept buying the adult wear and maybe less of the kids wear so yeah but I'm, I'm a never stay never person so it's definitely not the end forever you never you never know what's time the corner. you really don't so um, hopefully i can
0: come back to it at some point and um so i know that you obviously use gifting as a form of promoting and advertising the brand in terms of paid advertising i know you don't pay influencers but have you done much paid advertising and how has that what results have you seen if you have i've
1: dabbled on and off with that with facebook and instagram advertising um i've, I've worked in an agency for a little while about 18 months ago i have never seen massive success with it personally and i think it's really hard because essentially you do need a decent pot of money to really go for it with facebook and instagram ads there is such a learning phase it's not something that's going to happen overnight and i'm really bad at kind of sitting on my hands and going nope turn it off it hasn't worked out for three days you know and watching the money you trickle away and yeah. every single person who's ever had success with ads will say it's up and down this might work and then might work for six months brilliantly and suddenly it stops working and then you have to testing it and i just don't think i had i don't have the quite i don't have the patience i quite honestly don't have the financial pot of you know thousands and thousands i think if you really need to go for it i also think you probably need to do it with someone that really knows what they're talking about rather than kind of do it sort of on and off here and there Um, I tend to boost some Instagram posts. I know that's sometimes a bit controversial because, you know, a proper ads agency would say, oh, don't do that. But I quite like the sporadity of it. And I quite like that I can see it really easily and it's really easy to do. And I think I have noticed uptake from that. I do really low amounts and it's very kind of, informal i can run it for a week and then stop it um it just doesn't feel such a big commitment I mean, yes. there's so many different ways of marketing on there and, you know you want retargeting or new traffic to the website etc cetera, etc cetera. so no i i've kind of stopped doing that a while ago and i've i've seen i think because of the whole ios changes on Apple yeah. Well, a lot harder anyway, even for people who were doing really, really well with it. And if big companies are scaling back, then yeah, I, me, no way. So yeah, just the boosty thing, which I know, I'm sure, yeah, ad agencies are going, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I do also know it works for other people. So um, a little bit of cash behind there sometimes is, is what works for me personally.
0: And what motivates you in the
1: business? Oh, that's a tough one. And that fluctuates day to day, to be honest. Um, I think it's just seeing people's feedback is really lovely. I I really genuinely feel like I have a really gorgeous customer base. I don't know what I've done to deserve them. I've had quite a lot of production issues and delays the last year. I think a lot of people have. And Mm -hmm. again, you hear horror stories of customers, you know, understandably being frustrated when things don't work out. Um, And I'm really lucky. I kind of have a lot of supportive DMs that come into my inbox every day um people sharing their nice moments i've had um a really lovely moment that comes to mind where um a lady's um son had finished his cancer treatment and she rang the bell wearing her oh gosh i'm getting emotional um right wearing her comforting outfit and she tagged me in it and said "You know, it was really nice so it's little, little things like that are kind of what motivates me but i think i probably underestimate um how it can bring kind of joy into other people's life yeah. that's the whole point of my business is just cheery happy colors and prints you know it's not meant to be serious garments that you're wearing for really formal occasions it's meant to be really versatile and I could kind of genuinely see the joy it brings yeah and yeah I don't underestimate that I think that that's what motivates me I feel like I would be letting them down if I you know stopped picking myself up and getting on with it
0: and if you have you ever come to a crossroads you know when it was quite tough or, you know, that you've thought, do I continue or or do I not? Or has it been yeah. really plain sailing?
1: No, this year, to be honest, this year has been the first year where I have really had to sort of sit down and think, this is, this is hard. This is mm-hmm. the beginning of this year. I'd say the first sort of three or four months of this year, I wasn't making hardly enough that I could really pay my bills. My husband had to sort of step in and pay more of the mortgage and things. Um, And that was hard because I, I came from a, I'm really independent as a person anyway. And, you know, I mean, by the by doesn't, it shouldn't matter, but.
0: No, I think that it does. I think, you know, and that's, I think it really does. You know, when you're used to paying your own way, being really independent and, and that to, to have to, you know, to have to reach out i think it does yeah. you know uh, I, think- I hate it. i've hated it every single time it
1: it doesn't come naturally to me at all i really i i was the main breadwinner for years um mm-hmm. you know, working in a bank obviously is good money and um, with all the benefits that came with it as well and going from that to you know never knowing what i'm going to earn month to month it, i still have not made peace with that in that you know you can have a great month a great week a great day followed by you know um tumbleweed for two days and every single time every single time it happens I'm still go I still find myself sitting here going oh my gosh oh my gosh things are going wrong even though I could you know record myself I should and look back on last (laughs) month and say Sarah this is you last month and it happened and you were fine I remember you got that great day and then you had a couple of wobbly days before payday and then but every time depending on you know obviously your mood the weather. Um, it, it it makes me shake a little bit in terms of, ooh, and this has been the first year and for those first few months where I have thought I might have to find something else. I might have to, you know, find a part time job yeah to supplement it because it's too much, it's too much stress on me and my husband and my family. And also it sort of takes the love out of it a bit if I'm purely focused on, oh my gosh, how many sales, how many sales every single month? And I mean, the only thing that's sort of helping is knowing solidarity to everybody that we are all, I would think all of us, talking to my friends, going through the same thing. It's been an an unusual and very surreal year. Um, So I'm hoping it's been unprecedented in a way, Um, but yeah, it's a reality. And I think it's good that we just talk about it. I think that's the main thing. I think it's hard when you look around everywhere and think, Oh my gosh! Everybody is apparently doing amazingly, and I'm the only
0: person here. So I I always, which makes you feel worse because you think, what am I doing wrong? You know, is it something I'm doing wrong? Is something wrong with my business rather than yeah, exactly? What's wrong with my
1: product? How my how I how my marketing is wrong? Right what did I say today that was wrong? Oh my gosh, you know, I, everything I'm doing, my news, this is a, the content is all skewish, and oh, everybody's gone off my products suddenly overnight, you know, um, or the whole world has just disappeared and all the money drained out of the world and no one can <laughs> ever buy my products ever again. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, these things and you kind of wake up in the night thinking, oh, I should try that tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, but it's just, yeah, every, I'll be honest, every day is like, um, it's how's it going to be? At the moment, I feel like it's very trepidatious, small steps, small steps. Because all you're hearing is, you know, I can't watch the news, but
0: no, I don't,
1: I, I can't I don't watch the news. Know. So it's, everything is money, bills, money, panic. So
0: yeah. and that's it going, yeah, yeah. And I think that is self perpetuating. The way the news yeah. is, it's just like panic, panic, panic. And then you're like, okay, I'm not going to buy this, or so I'm not going to do that. you no, don't exactly. know, if you know, what what is my bill going to be next week or next year? You know, next it month. Or really it might
1: it, and it doesn't. It doesn't do any of us any good. I mean, no, it sounds silly because obviously we need to worry. And it's a very real situation for so many of us, but. It doesn't. I know it doesn't do me any good to sit here thinking, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? None of us have any money. It's not going to – that's not going to pay my bills or propel my business forward. So I have to try and reframe it as much as I can and get into the right mindset and read the right things and listen to the right people. And um, Very much who I surround myself with is, mm-hmm. has a huge influence, I think, for me and how I
0: can kind of keep going. And you're a purely D2C customer, uh, D2C business. Yeah. So what has – why haven't you gone? So if you were talking about kind of additional income streams, what's the reason that you've not gone down the wholesale route?
1: Um, I found it hard because of my margins. To be honest, I pay. I've always paid a lot with Portugal, and um, because just it's just really amazing quality. But I, and I think because my minimums are at such a point where I'm not ordering enough of a volume to really get the margins down. So I've worked on concepts to do some wholesaling before. And I did. I've done a little bit with my kids' wear in a few shops. That's worked out. And it's something actually I thought I probably should pick up again. But again, I kind of felt like it was a whole other hat. And actually, I, all the wholesale business that's come to me in the past has ironically always been where they found me. I've spent I've dedicated a few kind of weeks where I've kind of sat down and like, right, I'm going to really reach out and try and find these wholesale businesses. And none of those ever paid off. And it was only people finding me through Instagram mm-hmm. that I've then managed to, or maybe been at some kind of um, market in the past where I've found people. But I haven't pushed it enough. But because I worried about my margins, to be honest, that there wasn't enough there for a wholesale mm-hmm. order but it probably is something that i could you know yeah i need to revisit i think with adult wear because i've never pushed adult wear whereas kids wear i put a lot of effort into it and yeah. paid off a little bit but um then it kind of tapered off
0: i don't think i suppose if your margins are slightly better with adult wear because you can charge a little bit more then there could be more scope or looking at things like the great british Posture, pop shop the great british pop-up yeah. and doing something in john lewis which i think is a great fit for your brand in terms yes, of-
1: exactly yeah that's something i service. definitely need to have a look at yeah i'd love to and i I definitely would love the clothes to be more visible in reality to people because um, I posted a few things recently on the local some local forums and people have been coming to my studio actually and picking them up, which is great because they want to, they just want to be able to see them. And I'm not, yeah, yeah I understand that people, you know, um, want to see how something fits or feels often, and and it's quite hard when it's online. And I don't want the asshole thing where people are buying five things to return it, and try it on, you know. So. Yeah uh, that's something I started offering actually people to try on things for free and then if they keep it they pay for it and if not they send it back and post it back yeah, um, yeah so just to sort of get it
0: get it out there and what's the what's the one thing that you would like to change or need help with in your business right now
1: Oh that's a hard one um I think an extra pair of hands just to pick up some of the the marketing and behind the scenes I think like you've just said you know about wholesale automatically, oh gosh, I need to get on that. That's something I need to do. It's just not having enough pairs of hands and someone else bringing in a different opinion on the business, too, because it's me as well. I'd love someone who is quite different to me, maybe more kind of numbers focused. I'm quite creative and you know, flippity flappity and make decisions and move on. You know, I'm quite spontaneous. Um, it would be really nice to have someone to come and work with me that was quite different in their thinking and more laser focused and more strategy driven. I'm not terribly strategy driven. That's something I fall down with. I'm not a great planner. I yes. tend to just kind of react to things and just get excitable and do things on spur of the moment, uh, which isn't necessarily the best thing because I, I, I also think it's something you, you, know, you can't be too precise about these things. You don't, we didn't know COVID was going to happen. If someone had sat there with a five-year business plan, it would have kind of gone, oh my God. Um, so having someone to kind of wrap me on the knuckles and make me a little bit more focused about how I look forward in the next sort of Corsa and how I yeah. strategize growth and products is, is a really would be useful. And so I have, I'm working loosely with someone who really helps keep me in check. Yeah. that.
0: Yeah. I think it's about understanding what your goals are and your targets from a financial point of view. So then if you have those set, what, what's your stretch? So if you want to make a certain amount, what could be your stretch amount and how would you get to that? And, and what could you do? So I think, you know, having financial goals as well as, um, you know, you might as well as, oh, I'd love to get so many followers or I'd love to the email list to reach so many people, you know, having those financial goals to then plan activities to then get there, you know, having that as your destination and then what's your journey? What plot, how can you plot the course is, you know, something that's, that's key. And what's, so what's next for the brand? How would you like it to grow?
1: I really just love to kind of evolve my product range. Um, I'm talking to my factory now, some new ideas, some new products I've never done before. So, Again, that is actually something I'm looking at next year, properly planning my product ranges and my product drops. Um, I'd also love to do a collaboration and try some other products using the cup and pudding kind of print and ethos, but not clothing. Um, That's always been a bit of a dream. And uh, yeah, there might be something I'm working on behind the scenes at the moment for that. So that would be really exciting for me. Just, Working, coming together with another brand that I really admire that isn't clothing for kind of a one off, limited yeah. collaboration, of non clothing, just to sort of see where that takes me. Um, and yeah, evolving the clothes beyond where they are at the moment, just opening some more. I'd love to do, I'd love to do coats and things. That I've a dream yeah. that takes a lot, you know, takes a lot of planning and production and what ifs. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal is just having more of it and
0: more, a broader product range. Yeah, a broader product range, really. I think the collab, like like you said, in terms of what helps you grow at the beginning was those collabs and those conversations. And I was talking to another, um, Jennifer Fuller, the founder of Etta Love's, so, um, and she, they did a collab with an American artist who oh, wow. it was their print on, it was their print on their products okay. um, and it worked really, really well and worked very well in the States because it was an American artist. Okay. So it really kind of brought her attention and awareness um, into the States as well. So definitely I think leveraging off those, those, kind those other things exactly. and having the time as well to think about those ideas. Yeah. Yes. you know, and and then making them happen as well. Exactly. So sustainability is a key value for you. How do you work that into the brand?
1: Um, I mean, I guess the, obviously the primary thing is the fabrics and how I work and making sure that everything, all the conditions I work in in Portugal, making sure I visited the factory is really key to me. So I think if you're talking about where you produce it, I need to be able to know that I've been there and seen it for myself and can talk honestly about what it's like there. Um, I've been using more fabrics like lyocell as well, which is the new for me. I've only ever used organic cotton. Um, and I didn't know that it used a lot less water when it's been produced and it's more breathable. You might so potentially you need to wash it less, but, um, so I'm it's trying to explore new fabrics as well, like that, and recycled polyesters and things, recycled garments where, you know, it's just it's just trying to be more conscious of that and also making sure that nothing goes to waste. I produce in really small runs anyway, but any fabric that I've ever got left over is always goes to something, whether it's scrunchies or bags mm-hmm. or you know, there's nothing ever left over um, because that's quite keen you know, and you don't want anything thrown away. Anything I've got friends that craft, even you know, I've got scraps and things, I just give those to them and Friends making bits and bobs and, and lovely um for customers making patches for their kids' leggings after they've been worn through after a few years and things. Um so I've I've tried to explore that kind of thing. And again, if I had more time, I'd love to do something along those lines where I'm doing something alongside the clothes. It's a sustainable element of how to reuse. I've worked with someone about how to kind of completely re- Recycle uh, clothing that maybe the kids are kind of trash and turn it into something and kind of give them kind of tutorials or work with someone yeah. to like a, a seamstress. I work, there's somebody in my studio actually building who's really, really um, big and um, working clothing patterns. So I'd like to do something with her, perhaps, that is ways of reinventing clothes that you know, you've know, you been wearing for a few years and you want to give it a new lease of life. So there's so much out there, though. There's so much to consume with sustainability. It's just being really conscious of it, I think, and being really aware. Yeah.
0: And I think, and knowing that you can't do
1: everything, as well, no, exactly that it, it gets a bit overwhelming. To be honest, it feels like it's constantly evolving. There's constantly new messaging out there, and yeah, yeah, and trying to just, just trying to do the best you can and being honest
0: about it. I think, yeah, exactly. And I think it's that transparency as well yeah. that you know, nobody is perfect. You're trying right. to work. You know, you're, these are the things that you're doing to be more sustainable. You know, but exactly. things like that take time as well. And in terms of what's available takes time to become more mass market and at a price point that can yes. be affordable yes. you know um for, for you to use as well what do you feel success looks like for you um
1: that's an interesting one and i'm really pondering on that one when you i had a little bit of a sneak peek in advance um and it's so interesting because it's so different to anyone else isn't it i think really for me success is it's just still being here in five years time still having carbon pudding in five years' time, whatever that looks like. Um, I think, like I mentioned before, I don't want to feel too constrained by pigeonholing it to a finite way about what success is i think for me it's just the continued ability to have the freedom that i have now that i didn't have before which was you know being my own boss being answerable to no one and being able to pay the bills it it does i think once upon a time i definitely valued success as um a number on a piece of paper my annual salary that was yeah. how much am i earning that makes me successful and we would all benchmark slightly amongst our friends i think you're trying to say how much you know what, what going on to the next job if you weren't earning a certain amount because I need to have this amount extra pay rise for it to be make me successful in this job um but it's so different now I've like totally reframed it since I started working for myself and it's how I value money is completely different to how I valued money when somebody else was paying me so I think success is just achieving happiness through what I'm doing which has come to yes. being, and still and making it work making a living from it just, you know, and if I'm lucky enough for that living to be, give me extra joy and treats and bonuses and holidays and great, but just still being here. I don't want to, I don't want to go back to working for anyone else.
0: <laughs> I know, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you get to, I'll start a bit again. And to finish off, Sarah, what advice would you give to yourself starting out again?
1: Ooh, I think maybe just, just take it easy and know that it's going to be hard. It's going to be really tricky at times and that's going to be part of the course. You know, don't, don't give up when things get hard. Um, I probably should have maybe put away a little money <laughs> at the beginning. I was very quick to quit my job without any kind of savings pot set aside because that's just me all over, you know, just jump and then kind of realize, oh, I'm falling. Um, but then I probably wouldn't have listened to myself anyway, so there's no point in me even saying that.
0: Uh, <laughs> you um, like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, that's You're really doing.
1: boring. Uh, who wants to do that? But yeah, just listen to my heart and just keep going. I don't think I would have changed anything really for how I did. Um, me starting it and doing it was was all I ever wanted. So. I just hanging on in there I think is the main thing
0: Thank you so much Sarah for joining me today Where can people find Cub and Pudding? You can find me at cubandpudding.com and I'm on Instagram
1: every single day um, at Pudding on there as well so always join me for a chat and I love interacting with people on there
0: And thank you for listening today and I'll be back next week with another great guest and thank you Sarah for joining me today and sharing your story Thank you so much It's been great